our Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask that this morning, if you feel comfortable, to join hands with those that are next to you. been every night I'm not going to give you the picture that I dreamed but every night this week I dreamed and had I guess we would say vision a breakthrough a breaking and in each night there was a different thing that was breaking and what I believe with all my heart that God is saying to us as a church, as he has in the past year and a half when we've been preaching on breakthrough. There's something today very, very important that God's doing in all of our lives. We're going to pray in a moment, but I, I just need to say one more thing. Every one of us have come in here with different emotions, different experiences, at times with different thoughts because of the emotions. And every one of us here at times because of hurt, pain, dissatisfaction, deception is wanted to rule in an area of our life. And today we're going to pray breakthrough in that area of deception, which covers every area of every one of your lives. When we hear the word deception, we're thinking, I'm I'm dumb, I'm stupid. It's not what it's saying. There is a spiritual enemy that is seeing your choices that you're making of moving closer to God and moving in a greater way of what God is saying to all of you. And the enemy, spiritual enemy, is coming in and wanting to dissuade you, to to bring you into a different thought. So the Holy Spirit's going to align it today. Are you ready for that? In Jesus' name. All we need is you. And it will align everything in the way we think. And when that is aligned, Father, your word says that greater is you that's within us and he that's in the world. And as we sang, we choose not the world, but we choose Jesus. And now break that deception. Break that uncertainty. Break that. We come against fear in Jesus' name. And we absolutely destroy fear by the proclamation of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That it is a done deal. With this breakthrough, Father, I thank you that revelation and transformation will take place. We say, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. We receive that absolute revelation in our lives today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Give someone a high five before you're seated. Praise the Lord, all of you upstairs, downstairs, in the foyer, everybody online, we welcome you. God bless you. We 
pray for you. And we believe God is doing miraculous things. I want to share with the congregation uh, our, our group in Edison uh, has communicated to us and thanked us for giving them the uh, materials for communion last week. And uh, one of the guys said there was a big shout when Pastor Dan said something about Edison. So if you're still with us this week, God bless you also. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let me remind you that this Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Ooh. I checked this morning. I was here about quarter to six this morning to pray for you. And I checked uh, after my prayer time, and Walmart is open till 10 tonight. So <laughs> after Super Bowl, you can go get that wonderful gift for your, your uh, significant other and your friends. Today we want to talk about uh, Valentine's message, and we're going to conclude next week. Bottom line, we must understand all relationships are important to God. So if you're not married, you're struggling in marriage, this message is for you also. God has given us kingdom principles to live by in relationships. And it is pictured in the marriage relationship. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through the, the rest of the chapter depicts the relationship between God and the church and the husband and wife and puts them uh, together. So the principle of marriage, the principle of our relationship with God is the principles that work in any relationship that we have in life. The principle of marriage must be implemented to have relationship breakthrough. I'll say that again. The principle of marriage, the principles of marriage, must be implemented in everyday relationships to receive and to walk in breakthrough. It's the covenant God has with us being born again. It's a born again experience, and it is exemplified in marital relationships, and the principles work in, again, all relationships. I thought these were funny. Some of you wouldn't remember this name. Some of you do. Uh, Zsa, Zsa Gabor said this, a man in love is incomplete until he's married. Then he's finished. <laughs> By the way, she was married nine times. People, so we don't take a lot of wisdom from her. People who say they sleep like a baby usually don't have one. Now, ladies, be grateful for husbands who attack small jobs around the house. They usually make them big enough to call in the professional. And last but not least, I love you more than yesterday. Sounds like something you can say Wednesday. I love you more than yesterday because yesterday you really got on my nerves. A true Valentine's message will bring us to the revelation and the reality of what relationships are all about when we talk about marriage. But when God moves, listen to this, and I I wrote this down. When God moves suddenly, many want the revelation, which is good, but not all want transformation. See, you can know, but not live it. You can know it, but it not become you. And so the message, the true Valentine's message that I'm bringing you will be giving you something that God has given us in Scripture that we should know, but it should transform every area of our life. We don't go to that next step in transformation, in allowing it to be a lifestyle. Because in this life, you will face tribulations. 
you will face situations, situations will arise. And if it's not transformative, these principles, that it's you, it's your life, then tribulation will move you. It will sway you. It will bring you into different seasons of whether it's good or bad. In in other words, let me say it this way. You can be in a really good season. Your finances can be in order. You can even be debt-free. You can have great friends. And you might even have the job of your dreams. But if your marriage is on the rocks, if relationships are on the rocks, it doesn't really matter, does it? I believe marriage is so vital to your spiritual walk that the principles work in every aspect of your life bearing relationships. The miracle you should be believing for is a marriage and a home that is well. So today and next week, we're going to see God's plan. We're going to give you a short version of God's plan so that you can have breakthrough in your relationships. Because every one of you have come in here today and I, I, I will say this to you, knowing that I'm 99.9% correct. Every one of you come in here with relationships that are broken in some area of your life. You've come in here with situations that have arisen, thoughts, plans. You've maneuvered your life into a place where, where you just get used to this. You get used to that. And you maneuver because you're, you're a believer, you're a Christian, you're going to do the right thing. But you can't do the right thing when there is a deceptive enemy that is wanting to continue this brokenness in your life. Because Jesus Christ came to the cross and he broke your brokenness through the work of the cross. And with this, There needs to be a transformative move in our lives, but it's not just the Holy Spirit moving or not just that we know what Scripture says, that it touches our every fiber in our being because we choose to allow it to. That we don't take the Word and allow the Word to be changed a little bit and massaged a little bit because of the way we feel or what we're experiencing in life. That we have to take the word and it is truth. True, something is happening in your life, but the truth will set you free. I'll say it again. True, you have experiences and things that have gone on in your life, but the truth will transform it, will change it in you. You can't change anybody else because you know one of my statements that I always make, if you want change in your life, you need to change yourself first. You need to move into an area of, of grabbing a hold of what God says in your life. So God wants to work through you and heal your marriage and heal your relationships. In Matthew 19, you can turn to that now, Let's look at, and I used this term last year uh, when we did a marriage thing, but let's devil-proof our homes. And let's add to that, let's devil-proof our relationships based on what we do and what we become. Because America, in a away has given up on our marriages. They've given up on marriage. Couples have given up on a principle in Scripture called agreement. But Jesus hasn't given up on your home, 
and your marriage and your relationships. Matter of fact, he's so into your marriage and your relationships that he will marry you. And marriage is in this world in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, through the end of the, the chapter, as I said earlier, is a depiction of the relationship between you and the Lord, between your spouse and yourself, and growth in relationships as a whole. And it all is in one, and it's based on Jesus and based on the principles of the kingdom. So matter of fact, the institution of marriage predated the church and will post-date the church. We're talking about end times on Sunday evening, not tonight. Um, We have the Super Bowl, but I want to tell you, if you grab a hold of this revelation I'm teaching today and next week, and you are transformed by it, it's going to be greater than the Super Bowl. You're going to win. So notice the first attack of the enemy or recorded attack of the enemy was the relationship between men and women. So I'm going to sound extreme right now in making some statements. If every pastor in this church lost their marriage, if every elder in this church lost their marriage, if every usher in this church lost their marriage, if every person in this church lost their marriage, the church would not exist. Sounds extreme, doesn't it? Chaos would sweep the country because people lost their marriages. And we have to get to a place of understanding how important, especially according to Ephesians 5, that God puts the marriage relationships and relationships as a whole. And how that it brings uh, health in our lives. Again, chaos will sweep the country because of that. The truth in marriage builds all relationships. From the very beginning, God has designed church to be an overflow of your marriage. I'll say it a little bit different. From the very beginning, God has designed church to be the overflow of your homes and your relationships. Church is a place that we are built up in the Word of God, that we gather together. And sometimes we can even say it this way, where we practice life, where we practice uh, working with one another, where we practice loving one another, where we practice honor, where we practice uh, respect of one another where we can learn how to respect the male to the female and vice versa. That that relationships are in line correctly. And then we get in the word of God and we learn the different aspects of life, of of personal life and marital life. And we practice that in in our Bible studies and in our services. Everything that we do It is important to God. The principles of marriage, the home, are vital to God because it depicts who he is. Now, saying it that way, it's hard for you to see that because every one of you don't see marriage as perfect. You see marriage as a problem. Or there are problems in marriage. Don't look at me that way. And I know some of you that are married sitting there, you're looking straight at me and not at your spouse. The very reason God has blessed us in our church is because we have many 
healthy marriages. Valley Community Church is the overflow of what is happening in your homes. It is the overflow of what's happening in your lives behind closed doors. Healthy churches don't flow back into the home. Healthy homes flow back into the church. And the responsibility of the church is to equip and train for the work of your ministry. So when we talk about ministry in the church and marketplace ministry, you can see the reality of how important the marketplace ministry is because it's outside and you're accomplishing relationships. Relationships in business, relationships in your home, parents, children, and it's about honor. It's about living a lifestyle. Next week, we'll, we'll really tear into some of that. But I want you to, to just really begin to still your heart and your mind because there is a demonic influence and attack against the home, the identity of the home, and the marriage. And we are seeing the realities of of those things in our society today. Wonderful people who struggle because of a deceptive influence in their lives regarding relationships. So we must understand is the health of this church is based upon what's going on behind closed doors. My wife and I included. Wasn't she beautiful coming up here? I miss her being in our services, but she's doing a great job with her team next door. Valley Community Church, because of who you are, is a model. You have become world changers, not because you see the world changing. Because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to teach you about the rightness and the righteousness of your home. So I'm here today to convince you we at Valley Community Church have not given up on marriage. We at Valley Community Church have not given up on relationships, on good relationships where we honor one another, where we respect one another in the church, where we're not in, not in here trying to find our own way. We're in here with our gift sets and our skills and our anointings and our callings, and we're loving one another and we're honoring one another. That is truth. That's what church is all about where we will rise up and we will stand with one another, that we do church as a team. Did you know that the last study of three years ago, 61% of women between 18 and 49 years old consider having a child on their own? saying it's no longer necessary to have a marriage and marriage is not the atmosphere where a child should be brought up. 67% a while ago, it used to be in the 50s, 67% of first-time marriages will end by the fourth year in our country. According to George Barna, divorce happens more inside the church than it does outside the church. And then there's a caveat of that explanation is because when people struggle in relationships, they run to the church. But the church can't take a wand and go zap, you're fixed. What the church does is bring you to the one who can zap, you're fixed, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
and where you grab a hold of the Word of God and you become transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you begin to walk in a lifestyle that's different than before because before your emotions led you and now the Holy Spirit is leading your spirit and your spirit is telling your soul to shut up and sit down. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. Amen? I'm serious about marriage too. Satan from the beginning is a strategist. Satan is working a plan to destroy your marriage and your relationships. So today what we're going to do is we're going to begin to raise up a standard and expose the lies of the enemy. We're going to expose the things that he has brought in that we think is is true, but it's not the truth. And we're going to transform it that the true that we are living in will become the truth because we're walking according to the Word of God. Satan is destroying the relationship you have in your past. He is destroying the relationship you have with one another. He's destroying uh, the relationship you have uh, once you begin to move in your calling. There is a greater attack on you the moment you choose Jesus. The moment you choose to walk in his ways and do those things, he will rise up and there will be demonic attacks upon that relationship. And we see it as in personality conflict. I want to tell you it begins with a spiritual conflict The Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit, is in uh, opposite uh, battle against the spirit of the enemy that's coming in trying to destroy your marriage or your relationship. You start dating, you start uh, changing your life with God, and you, you go home and it seems like all Hades is breaking loose in your home. Why is that? It's because the enemy hates relationship because it reminds him of God the Father, God the Son, and the God, God the Holy Spirit, and because of Jesus, the relationship we have with him. So let's break through this year. Are you ready? So we're going to develop true covenant relationship, not only in our homes, but with one another. We're going to choose a Valley Community Church to do it God's way. Matter of fact, 1 John 4, 7 says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves, watch this, listen to it closely. Everyone who loves. In other words, those who love, those who know how to love. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So if you don't know God, you don't know how to love. You know how to feel, but you don't know how to love. You don't know how to relate the way God's created for you to relate. Now, uh, you might make a mistake if you don't love God and do it right, and people do. But if you really want to walk in a God-honoring, people-honoring love, marriage-honoring love, you know God, and allow God to transform your life. So one of the first things that we face in this deceptive era of relationships is this. We say, when will it all end? In other words, you've checked out. In relationships, you've checked out. Don't raise your hand. Don't say amen to this. But how many of you said to yourself or out loud, never again? I will never let that happen again. You've checked out. Because what God did, now now, let me tell you, there are people who are called to be single. 
So we're not saying if you're married, you're better than someone. No, we're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ that develops a transformation in you that you relate well to all people and that you have great relationships. Why? Because you love the God way and you are transformed by love who is God. So today, God is here to heal your marriage, and he's here to heal your relationships. Now, even if your marriage in your eyes is perfect, I had a a couple that came to me one day after I taught 35 years ago, still remembered. I can tell you their names, but I won't. And they came up to me and said, I know we're loving your teaching and the seminar you're doing, but my wife and I, we have never argued. We've never disagreed. And I, I was waiting for them to say, and we have never sinned. Okay? So, and I also wanted to say, well, who's, who's ruling your home? Because one's quiet, doesn't say their opinion or thoughts, and the other one's overloading. Amen? All right, let's go on. So, even in your, in your eyes, your marriage is perfect. God wants you to know that he wants to take your marriage to a greater place. God wants to take your relationships to a greater place. A new understanding, because now you understand. A new commitment, because there's greater commitment to the Lord in your relationship with him. A new passion for one another. Now, as I expose lies, and we're going to show you four of them, and we're probably just going to do one today, and then the last three next week. I'm going to give you this, and I used this term before in our conferences, we're going to divorce-proof our marriages. We're going to, now, when I talk about relationships, I'm going to use the term divorce, but in a lot of relationships you have, you're not married. But we're going to divorce-proof those relationships too. In other words, where you separate, you know, he hurt my feelings, she hurt my feelings, and so the heck with them, I'm not. Okay, all right, we, you're following me. It's so, it's so interesting when I'm teaching on marriage, um, you get really somber. You really do. And I asked the Lord about that. And this is what I heard. You can disagree with me or whatever, but I believe this is what the Lord told me. It's because you've been so inundated with the negativity of relationships. You can never believe that this marriage and relationships are really a good thing. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it this way. There is no such thing as a bad marriage. But there are bad people who do bad things in their marriage. I'll say it another way. There is no such thing as a bad marriage because God created marriage. But it's people, wonderful, gracious, loving, caring people that do bad things in the midst of the marriage or in the relationships. And in that, you have a choice. What are you going to do with that? Either allow the deceptiveness of the enemy, the influence of you to back away. And a lot of it is is that you start backing away from certain things and you don't experience the fullness, watch this, that God planned for you in the midst of the relationships. See, when I look at you, I see an opportunity for us to relate in the relationship factor, brother, sister, co-worker, whatever, is, is 
us being together, honoring one another in agreement with one another in the things of life. You're a different personality than I am. I don't live with you. My, my famous saying, a lot of mentor, uh, young people I've mentored in ministry is I always say, you know, there are a lot of stuff that I have to handle as a pastor, but I get to go home. I get to go to my home where I have revelation and transformation in my home. Is my home perfect? No. I'm there, far from perfect. But the reality is, is, is I get it. I understand this, but I get to go home because I have the anointing and the power and the authority in my home to be in agreement with my wife to be able to create what God's called us to be. I can't do that with you. I can just lead that lead you to the word, to the one who can. All right, stay with me now. So let's expose uh, the lies and, and let's divorce proof our marriage and our relationships. The first thing is most important. Keep the marriage covenant sacred. When you look at marriage, keep it holy. Keep it something that God created, not man. Because man has messed it up. Matthew 19, I asked you to turn there, verses 3 through 6, the Pharisees are testing Jesus. So people at this time were divorcing one another for any reason. You burnt the eggs, I'm divorcing you. Basically, you know, I'm being facetious, but basically that was happening because there was this, this nuance in, in the time frame, just like today. You know, nothing I'm saying of today is any different than it was back then in Bible times. This is not a 2024 problem. It has always been a Satan plan. Chaos is existing in the family because of a non-transformation of what the revelation of marriage is. Matthew 19, verse 3, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him. Now, let me just tell you, testing him. So what were they doing? They were going to God to test him if he knew the truth. They were going to the one who is the truth. But that's what religion does, or that's what knowledge does when it puffs you up, is that you think you have all the answers. Anybody can say anything to you and you disagree. Yeah, I know that's what you're saying, but, all right? So the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he, Jesus, answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning? So right away, what we're seeing is that Jesus says, At the beginning, this wasn't God's plan. Okay, at the beginning, marriage was perfect. It still is, but man got involved. All right, let's read it again. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. In other words, the authority and create their own home. That's why I always say, I get to go home shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's proskaleo, that's talking about sexual intercourse, all right, or intimacy of relationship. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh, agreement. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Jesus said, when this marriage covenant takes place, I put an endorsement on it. 
So they were trying to test him and trick him to say, well, you know, I mean, this is, oh, and this is, and trying to bring out things. Scripture tells us, you know, in divorce, the certain things that we are freed up in covenant to be able to be released from that. But the, the point is what he's bringing, that in the beginning, I took it very seriously. And when I created male and female, I created marriage. And it was to propagate the whole world. It was the thing that would propagate the whole world and, and replenish the earth and do everything that we experience today. That's what marriage was planned to do. And it was to do it in God's way. I created male and female. It was the innocent times with no sin. There was nothing there. Everything was perfect. So he's telling them, I want to tell you, no matter what you're trying to figure out here, marriage is perfect. All right? Now, I was 24 years old when I married Terry. And I'd like to say that I was so godly, so transformed, and so understanding of the covenant of God in relationship that I was this perfect husband. I didn't have a clue. Probably 90% of my getting married was I looked at her and I said, she's pretty. Don't look at me that way because that's how you were when you were younger too. So I've had an on-the-job training for 42 years August 29th will be 43 years. So there is a difference between, we're talking about principles, there is a difference between covenant and contract. If you've come to the marriage conferences, we've talked on this. But it's sad to say that I believe that most marriages, even Christian marriages, are contract marriages. You say covenant Contract, what does that mean? So let me show you. A covenant marriage is a, don't block me out when I use this term, a covenant marriage is a prearranged set of conditions that are designed to create a healthy marriage. In other words, God set a standard in covenant. A covenant marriage is this, how it's lived out. A covenant marriage, both spouses rescind all their rights and accept all the responsibility for their marriage. A contract marriage, both spouses keep as many rights as possible and accept, if very few, responsibility for the marriage. So, in essence, that's the difference, and we must realize that many believers are in a contract marriage, even as a Christian. Why is that? Because they have not given up their rights, and, and both spouses look at each other and say, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve this. You can't do this. I do all the different things. Instead of going to the Word of God and seeing how we can honor and love God kind of love one another. How we can live in this covenant marriage is that, well, I have my rights. Okay, you got your rights. What's that going to do? That's going to create arguments. I got my rights. Well, what if someone... What if someone abuses? Hey, if someone's abusing you and you're listening to me online, someone's abusing you, you leave. Someone's hitting you, you leave. You get out of there. Oh, I'm just praying they'll get back. You get out of there and then get healing for your marriage. And I'm being very straight with you because in, in 40, almost 46 years of marriage, of marriage, of ministry, 
I have seen devastation. I've seen a husband murder his wife. And they were Christians. So I want you to understand the seriousness that I come with this. But you know me, I love to have fun. And I love to enjoy the things of life. And my wife and I, we have such a great time when we're together. And and all the, the avenues, is it perfect? No. But I've given up my rights. She's given up her rights. Do we make mistakes? Sure we do. So let's talk about that. So hang on with me, because I know in today's day, I am man, I am woman, hear me roar, whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you what Scripture's telling me. And if you give up your rights, and it's covenant, and you come in agreement to what God says, and you honor, and you love God kind of way, you're going to experience such an amazing life together with the tribulation that life brings. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus Christ, God, has overcome the world. So you can work through your tribulation. You can work through the situations, the wrong choices children make or or parents make, whatever it may be. But you have to align yourself up to what Scripture says. Covenant. So we're talking about the difference between covenant marriage and contract marriage. A contract marriage is that you keep all your rights, and you're always watching to make sure. Do it. Well, you said this, and you said that, and you did this, and you did that. Okay. But you give up your rights, and you go to the Lord. Say, God, forgive us for being selfish. And we're going to line ourselves up. And we're going to honor one another. Amen. So that's the difference. And many believers are in a contract marriage. Many come to Christ and we want all the benefits of being a child of God, but don't want to give up our rights. Jesus Christ gave up his rights and went to the cross for us so that we could walk in that authority. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Your identity is not based upon a group. It's based upon an individual. His name is Jesus. Again, your identity is not based on a culture. It's based on the kingdom of God. So it says, take up his cross or shoulder the burden that Jesus died to all his rights. Let me give you an example of this. You know why I don't get offended at people? I don't. Now, I might get upset at some people, and let's get real. I might momentarily get upset or get my feelings hurt for a short time, but I'm not offended at anyone because I gave up my rights when I was born again. Sometimes people can tick me off because of the way they act, but I've given up my rights to be offended at it because that's their choice. I get to go home. Some people might do things, say things, lie, give false testimony of me. But I don't become offended of that. I don't like it. You know, I've said this before. Sometimes you'd, you know, rather slap them than love them. But you don't do it because your heart is right. And... Um, when we're talking about relationships, and when I'm, I'm joking around, you too don't get offended with what I'm saying. 
Because I know, I sense in my spirit, there's some that didn't like what I just said. Because I'm a pastor. I am a person that makes the same choices that you have to make, according to the Word of God. And I have the same emotions, the same satanic, demonic influence that wants to influence me. And I have to, just like you, say no to what he says. And another reason why I don't get offended, because the Bible says that Jesus took my offense and laid it upon himself. I cannot keep or harbor bitterness against my wife or anyone else because Jesus took all of that on the cross. So the result of understanding covenant, I've given up my right. I've accepted responsibility to live my life before my children, to live my life before my wife in the image of Christ. And, and sometimes in life, you want to do because of what's going on, but you don't. I accept my responsibility to live my life before you as a pastor also. I was a supervisor, oversaw hundreds of pastors. I've seen them commit affairs. I've seen them steal money. I've seen them do all kinds of things. And then go up in front of a congregation and explain what was done. And where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just got devastated because their pastor didn't walk in the integrity of what God's word says to walk in. I'm responsible. I take responsibility of that. You don't have to take that responsibility. I do as your pastor. I teach the word of God. I take responsibility of study and study and study and prayer and study and study and fasting and prayer so that I can get up here and give you the scripture with anointing, not just throwing something at you, my opinion. Because I live in covenant relationships. I love my wife. I love my siblings. My sister's passed away, my brother. I love my children. I really love my grandchildren. That might be the only mistake that God ever made. Should have had grandchildren first. No, just kidding. <laughs> I live in covenant relationships. So do you see the difference in the two? Do you see how the enemy can bring us into a place of fog in our minds, in our thinking, in the way we make choices? So the question is, are you a contract Christian or a covenant Christian? You cannot become a covenant married spouse until you have become a covenant believer. You must be a covenant believer, not a contract believer. I'm a covenant believer first, which then makes it so easy for me to enter into a covenant with my wife. It's easy for my marriage to be healthy because I'm, I am in covenant with the Lord. Now, I'm a faith guy, but through sickness, whatever it may be, I will be a covenant husband with my wife. And both of us giving up our rights. Do we mess up? Absolutely. But we come together in covenant. And I'm never going back either. Because of this covenant relationship with God, I am sentenced to heaven. Amen. And heaven's amazing. But if I walk according to this transformation I'm talking about, then all of heaven can come down on my earth, can come and be in my life. It's a covenant deal that Jesus gave me. So it's easy to relate with you. I love you. I love being with you. Yes, I do what I'm called to do in teaching the Word of God. I'm up on this platform. You know what? It doesn't give me any thrill to be up here, but it gives me a thrill to be obedient to what God's asked me to do for you because I love you. And it's a God kind of love. 
And that's when I honor you. I honor people. Absolutely. Through the years, ministry, people come and said the awfulest things, but I honor them. I don't go after them. I don't, you know, I love them. So I, in turn, say to my wife, I am in covenant relationship with you because I'm in covenant relationship with Christ. And I'm living proof of that a guy at 24 years of age who didn't know much can be transformed and be a halfway decent husband. And be a halfway decent man. And be a halfway decent pastor. Because of covenant relationship, not because just the gifting God's given me. So how important is your marriage? Well, you need to look at it this way. Do you just want a bumper sticker marriage? Because I want to tell you, with a bumper sticker marriage, you can remove the bumper sticker or you can sell the car <laughs> and get another car. <laughs> My brain went somewhere. But I'll say it this way. If I went and saw this beautiful car, you know what? I, I won't buy a Tesla. Not because I'm against electric cars or whatever about the electric car. I won't buy it because they have a sticker on the side. I can't stand that. Let me tell you. You go in your garage. Okay, your pastor's getting off on stuff here. <laughs> but you go in your garage, box after box after box. You take it somewhere and say, how much will you give me for these boxes with what's in it? And they'll say, oh, 10 bucks. But you put a stupid sticker on a $30,000 car. You know, and, and I'm, so that's me, a sticker. So I'm asking you, do you want a bumper sticker marriage? Do you want something that someone else tells you what it is? Or do you want your marriage to be exactly what God created it to be? You begin to know that you have to first know it's covenant. You gave up your rights. And because of that, I promise you the next three will be a little bit easier but the next three will transform your life. And there will be such joy in your home, your marriage, your work relationships, your church relationships. Why? Because you have become that covenant believer that understands relationships. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Getting back to the bumper sticker. I have written on my heart my love for my wife. And wherever my heart goes, it pumps Terry. It pumps Terry. And I'm not, it's not a show. You know, we, we don't get up here and we love each other, all that stuff. You know we love each other. And we have our little eye stuff when she comes down from the platform, different things. And I won't tell you some of them because it's not PG. Anyways, and I didn't mean Pastor Gary. But the reality is, is you get to a place in your life as a believer you're tired of the bumper sticker. You're tired of the show. 
and it's here. It's heartfelt. As a believer, I'm never tired of people, but I'm tired of the show. And my reality of loving you is real. It's not a show. I'm not your God, praise God. I'm not your God, but I'm your pastor. And I respect you and I love you because of covenant, as well as you should respect me as your pastor and love me as your pastor in covenant. And when we do that, everybody that walks inside these walls and watches online will say, I want to be a part of VFAM because they really know what covenant love is all about. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over this house. I proclaim a blessing over every man, woman, boy, and girl, and the beautiful babies that are in this sanctuary right now, the children next door, the nurse, every aspect of this, this campus. In Jesus' name, blessings, truth, truth will just absolutely transform every one of us. And things will become greater because we see it in a greater way. And I give you praise for that. Thank you, Lord, this afternoon and evening as we fellowship and enjoy one another with the Super Bowl. Father, protect everyone as they go home. The service this afternoon, let that anointing flow as normal with Pastor Angel and his team. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.